I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Take Podcast. What are you talking about? Um, I'm Alex. <laughs> Logic doesn't apply to any of this. I'm Sebastian. And we're definitely not in Kentucky anymore. I'm Zancy Weber. It's Kansas. <laughs> Kansas, really? Who cares? People from Kansas. Yeah, and, and <laughs> what are you talking about? Um. <laughs> and today we're reviewing the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, written by Oren Uziel, I guess. Um, I don't know how to say that name. Um, and, and in no particular order, starring Gugu McBartha Raw. <laughs> David Oyelowo, I guess. Uh, Daniel Brill, John Ortiz, Ortiz, Chris O'Dowd, Axel Penny, Zizang, yes. uh, Elizabeth Debecki, Roger yes. Davies, yes. Clover uh, Nee, Jordan Riviera. Uh, That's it. That's all we need. Done. And was directed by Julius O'Nar. Yep. Uh, this review, Woo, girl, this is, a, <laughs> this is a callback to uh, the second episode, I believe, where we reviewed Cloverfield. Yeah, so when we started off the podcast, we were like, we'll do a cinematic release. Hey, 10 Cloverfield Lane's coming out in like three weeks. Let's do that. Yeah. So we decided to build up to it, but we wanted to record then and we had two weeks to fill until then. Yeah. So we started with Super 8 because it was J.J. Abrams. Yep. Then we did Cloverfield, and then we did 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Yep. And two years later, here we surprise, are. motherfuckers. <laughs> Here's a movie. We're not going to announce it until it's fucking out in an hour. Yep. There you go. This um, because of that tradition, I now have to watch all of the DC movies because we can't not watch some of them because they're terrible. <laughs> Pieces of I mean, a puzzle. I'm pretty sure Zane and I never agreed to that clause. Pieces of a but- puzzle. <laughs> you can't build the puzzle if you throw out half the pieces from the beginning of the puzzle, the beginning being the bottom left-hand corner of the puzzle. Mm, some of those pieces, though, are pretty bad. So, and you don't need to look at them. They're just like piles of crap. History is important, though. So so let's let's just move on to... The uh, production notes, I guess. Um, this as- was originally not a Cloverfield movie like 10 Cloverfield Lane. It was originally called something else and then at- scenes added in to tie it into the universe. Yeah. Some would say, not well. <laughs> some, mm. some may speculate, yes. Um, some being a lot of people. <laughs> I have some production notes. I too have They're some. all real and they're all our production notes. This movie was originally called God Particle. Do you... Do you know how many times this came off of our schedule? Because it got pushed back, it got renamed, four. it just disappeared. Yeah, four. About four. And then they're like, fuck it. Let's just release it in, in two hours' time. Yep. No notice. Nothing. I don't want people going to the cinema for this, though. I agree. Fuck that. I 100% agree. <laughs> let's, let's just put it on an internet streaming service. Why not? Being on Netflix was a, a blessing for this. Oh, yes. I would have hated myself if I had to go pay for yeah. it to see it. It was just, I'm so frustrated because of how much of a runaround it gave us. Yeah. And then it's just like, here it is. Like, I'm I'm happy here it is. Thanks, That's Jeff. great. <laughs> but it was just such a tease this whole time. On the plus side, are you guys aware of the plot of the next one? No. No. Oh, actually, no, you told I may me. have told yeah. you. I, I, it does have a running title. I'm not aware of it. It doesn't matter. It's set during World War II. 
So they, they are continually jumping all over the place and this one's going obviously into the past as well. Yeah. So the anthology will continue after this. I believe it's either currently being filmed or is completed being filmed. I think it was completed. So, I believe it's completed. I think I saw that headline somewhere. Yeah. So maybe six months' time. We're we'll talking about it again. This year. Join us again for another Cloverfield. Yep. <sighs> this is important. This is our roots. Are we better than this yes. franchise is my question. I mean, if they brought out a Super 9 movie, then we'd have to go watch that. So I would, I would definitely watch a Super 8 sequel. Yeah. I really like Super 8. From memory, I don't think I recommended it. You though. didn't because I think it literally, this is, I remember our first episode because I was like when a lot more editing used to happen. True, um, yes. Listening back to you saying you're not recommending it and it's literally me going, oh, what, really? <laughs> like, yeah. come on. <laughs> so I remember being in shock two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, <sighs> any other production notes? Um, I've did, uh, <laughs> did Seb recognize any any voices at the beginning? At the beginning, maybe on the radio? Voices radio, mm. particularly explaining how how the uh, the particle accelerator was going to save the world. I don't recognize any voices. You couldn't. I honestly, I can't remember someone. I can't even remember that scene, guys. Simon Pegg did the voiceover for that bit. Thank you for ruining that with a mediocre pun at best, Alex. <laughs> I was trying to give it to it Sebastian. It didn't help me though. <laughs> it didn't. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I wouldn't mind if he gave you the entire answer. It was just like, <laughs> why make a pun? Why soil this, what I was saying, with a pun? I think now what I'm associated was, with that forever. Yep. I think what happened is, you guys are aware of later on in the movie, there's the, one of the guys is watching the news from the space station and there's that one guy on the news expositing everything horrible that's going to happen. What happened is I roll my eyes so hard at that point, I think it reverberated into my own personal timeline, so I missed the Simon Pegg voice cameo because I was still rolling my eyes in the well, future. talking about that guy, <laughs> his name is Stambler. You know who else's name was Stambler? I do, yeah, but I'm going to let Alex John guess. Goodman. Oh, you ruined it's John it. Goodman. John Goodman's name was Stambler. They're, meant to, they're apparently meant to be brothers or something. Something. Yeah. Even though this is set... Very far into the future, and he's quite a bit younger. Uh, this is set in 2028. Is it? I didn't yes. get a date from it. Okay. 2028. But the uh, ten years. The woman now. interviewing Stambler is the same woman that was trying to get into his bunker in the last movie. Yeah, I don't know if that's a repeat of an actress or a repeat of a character though, because I haven't seen the character. Well, at the moment, listening. it's just the woman because the character wasn't given a name in either. Uh, uh. So. You know, yeah, it's it, it's all over the place, but I I feel like it's on purpose. Like I don't think this is a fuck up. Now I'll get into this later on, but let's stick with production yeah. notes for now. This movie, what did you guys? Did you guys know this movie was announced during Super Bowl halftime, and they were like, "It'll start after the Super Bowl." That's the that's what's happening. That's that's my trivia. The one that everyone knows because that's how they all fucking heard about it. It was it was trending. Uh, the trailer on YouTube was trending number eleven that day. So it wasn't the highest, but it was it was trending. It got it work. It got mm. it working. I will say the marketing plan behind doing that was pretty cool. Like just like fuck it, this movie comes out in two hours. Go watch it. I really good. Read this really funny post. Um, I can't remember all the details, but like Cloverfield elaborate marketing plan. Released months after, you know, yada, yada, yada. Ten Cloverfield Lane announced, released two months later. Not a massive marketing campaign. Uh, the Cloverfield Paradox released literally on the same day as it it's announced. Um, the next Cloverfield, it'll be... Uh, <laughs> it'll released be, two months before. <laughs> it'll be... <laughs> Someone showing up to your house. JJ Abrams. (laughs) Throwing it in your DVD player and then going, (laughs) watch it now, bitches, or something. It breaks down, breaks your window with a rock, climbs into your house and shares into the DVD player. It's like, enjoy. I do like the idea of it being released and then two months later, then all the ads come out. Like, did you know in the cinemas we've been showing Global Field 5 for three years? It's, uh, well, this is the first movie that was, the story was confirmed to be tied into the universe before marketing started. So marketing had 
like like we've been talking about it for two years now. Yep. So we knew that it was the next in the Cloverfield series. Like, but we don't know the title of the next one, do we? Or I, I, I think or there is one out there. I just I, I just know the setting. But this movie only changed names like a month ago, I think, as well. Cloverfields Forever. It's got a strong Ugh. Beatles vibe about it. It's terrible. It's good and terrible. It's terrible. All right. Good. So no really fakey? No. No. Oh, wait. Here's one. I was really excited for this movie and I was disappointed by it. Or I was really excited by this movie. And I wasn't disappointed by it. Well, that's kind of skipping right to the end of the podcast. Well, I guess you'll have to find out at the end of the podcast how my feelings about this movie were. So, movie babies, I'm going first. Sure. Event Horizon and Gravity, done. Okay. Um... I also had Event Horizon, but I had a mixture of... Are you guys familiar with the Flashpoint Paradox from DC Comics? Yes. Yeah, Flash runs back in time to stop something from happening and then wakes up the next day and it's alternate timeline. Like he's living in, he's the the exact same guy that did it all, but it's in a completely different world. Or Back to the Future after the past has changed and Marty comes back and the future's like, what the fuck's happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that mixed with Event Horizon. Um, I'm going a little left field. Uh, Red Dwarf, as in the TV series, Um, and Armageddon. I don't want to fall asleep. No, okay. Close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because yeah. I miss you, babe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That movie that that song was written for um, or used for, whatever. Used. I don't think it was written for it. I think it was written for it just the to be. The film clip was definitely made for it. It definitely it's was. so weird that Steven Tyler is singing that to his daughter. Anyway, yeah. Come on. <coughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Tweet Nopsises. Tweet Nopsises. Hey, guys. Cloverfield, I guess. In space. No, wait. Alternate dimensions. Wait. Monsters? Hashtag wait for the fourth movie. (laughs) You guys all know the movie Ghost Ship, right? This is like the movie Ghost Ship in space, Except no ghosts, except the sort of ghosts. That's it. No hashtags to sum it up. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell when I haven't pre-written one? (laughs) Does it it come out? Does it come out like that way? (laughs) Um. Hey, do you guys want to watch another Cloverfield movie? Sure. Like we just got a script and then added in a monster in the last ten seconds. Hashtag. We really tried this time. <sighs> it was kind of it's kind of what they did last time. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my dad about it the other day. I was like, "Have you seen Ten Cloverfield Lane?" He's like, "Nah, I've watched a bit of it, but like I didn't finish it." And I was like, "Well," and then I explained to him what happened. And then I was like, "But then, right at the end, like the last five minutes, it's like they they were just like, fuck it, <laughs> let's make a different movie." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only parts of this movie that tie it in is that Michael character back on Earth. That like, yeah. there's like a hint at what Cloverfield did, kinda, kinda, and kinda. then the last kinda. Like, five seconds. Can we jump into the actual review on that note? Because I want to talk about that character back on Earth. Sure. Yes. Let's go. Just this once, we can review a movie. Wonderful. I think it was a huge mistake to ever cut back to Earth after the ship did its thing. Because, okay, so the collider thing fucks up, boom, cool. And they have that moment where like, where's Earth? What's happened? All that shit. So we're left with a cool mystery of, they, they say, could we have moved? Did we destroy the planet? What's happened? Have we travelled back in time? Have we travelled forward in time? They don't know. Great mystery. The second you cut back to Earth, it's like, well, fucking Earth's okay then, isn't it? Like, what's the mystery? Because they cut back to Earth before the guys get to the conclusion that they've moved to the other side of the sun. So before the characters realise what's happened, we find out just for the sake of spoiling our mystery. So I just, 
I loved the idea of, okay, it reminded me of an old episode, i say old, an old episode of the new series of Doctor Who. It was like one of the David Tennant um, season finales um, where they go into the TARDIS and they go outside to go back onto Earth and the planet's been stolen and they had this moment where he's like, where's the planet? And like, oh, maybe we've moved. And he's like looking at all the constellations like, nope, we're in the exact same spot. Like something's happened to the planet. Huge mystery. And we don't find out exactly what happened to it until the end of that episode. So it leaves us going, what happened? So This film doesn't do that. It doesn't. I would have gone the exact opposite direction and had more of Earth. But so the original concept for this, this the movie before it was tied to Cloverfield was that it, during a war with the Russians, the US and the Russians, they're, um, they're up in space doing something. Something terrible happens and then they are, Earth disappears and they're being contacted by the Russian space station. So I think making more of the conflict on Earth and that kind of shift that it takes, I think would make it a much more interesting movie and up the stakes for them figuring out what's going on so that they can like make that the destruction or the disappearance or something happening on the space station like actually ruining the political situation on Earth mm. that was already not great. I think that would make really up the stakes on uh on the on the movie in the first place. On the other hand, I think if we went exactly what you were saying and made it more contained and like real, I guess, more Cloverfield ten, uh, Cloverfield Lane ish. Yeah, like a bottle episode sort of thing. Yeah, like well, as soon as I finished watching this movie, I watched the movie Cube. And I was like, Cube is what this movie should have been because they're kind of stuck in this weird environment that they don't know what it means, and you kind of keep finding out little bits that kind of add into the sci-fi element of it, and I think that's probably the better way to go about it rather than just kind of like massive sci-fi concepts mixed with massive sci-fi action mixed with weird political overtones and interpersonal drama with, I guess, one guy just making jokes. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know... I just I thought the more time they spent on Earth, the more confusing it made the Cloverfield franchise as a whole. Yes, well, we had one baby alien first kind of, movie. The same the same could be said about any of the movies. Like the more you find out about the world, the more confusing it is. Yeah, because where they go we're from one baby monster to an alien invasion to one baby monster in two thousand and ten to an alien invasion. In 2014-ish, yeah, to something in 2028, and apparently with the World War Two movie coming out, yeah, also possibly stuff before it's. So I mean, we're talking about the bad now. So watching this movie, I got the impression that we're moving into sort of lost territory where they are throwing all these weird and wacky things out there that don't seem to make sense together with the promise that they'll all be tied together and everything will make sense in the end. Yeah. And like... But we saw Lost. You've got got one more movie to make that happen or I'm out (laughs) because like this movie is not impressive. 10 Cloverfield Lane was impressive for all the reasons that had nothing to do with the universe. Yep. It was a really interesting personal story and it did illuminate some of that underground viral marketing that they did with the first one about the the corporation and the deep sea drilling and et cetera, et cetera. And like the Stambler character had a lot of information that was kind of hinted on and there were lots of ties back into that. In this one... I only saw a figurine and then the company name, the Tagarado. Tagarado? Yes, Tagarado, like a few times. But none of it was explicit and no one seemed to know anything about it or make any reference to it. Mm. So it really felt like more of a move away 
or it felt even more tacked on than 10 Cloverfield Lane did. And I think all of us said that it really felt tacked on in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, it was... Yes. This film, though, I think was a little bit more... Like, a little bit worse. Like, we're that newscaster during the yeah. film. Like, they, that was... You know how we talked about, like, these are all spec scripts that they've come in and they're like, cool, we love it. Let's just, you know, add an Easter egg here and there to make it a Cloverfield movie. That was the most egregious form of it, though. It, this is as bad as Batman v Superman putting in the quick time videos of all the Justice League. Yes. Like, just uh, literally a guy on screen being like, here are all the problems with what you're doing. Let's not, like, let it just happen in the movie, but let's, you know, make a point out of it. And that, for me, was also very just And jarring. also, you have scientists. Yeah. They could say it. Yeah. They could say, we don't actually know what's going to happen. So, because they don't. <laughs> My main problem with this film though isn't it wasn't the, so much the, the the way the plot went or anything no it is where the plot went sorry it's not the confusing parts between you know this in the first two movies or whatever this film for me was just really i want to say generic like nothing surprised me at all in the movie like i would sit down and be like oh i reckon this is going to happen and like yeah. 10 minutes later it would just happen and this isn't me being an ace guess, guessing kind of you know, guy. No, I, I fully agree. And I think the one thing that could, that did surprise me was the arm. It was kind of like, oh, because it was totally out of left field yep. and never touched on again. Not even explained Not either. even explained. Yep. No, like, can, is the ship going to do that to more people? Like, is the ship alive? What force made that happen? Well, that's the thing. I, I, I mentioned it in my, my tweet to open this up, but realistically, this film is a ghost story with no ghosts or any explanation. The ship just transport. Okay, what actually happened is we have reality A and reality B, yeah? Yes. Both are just as legitimate as each other. There's no real reality. There's no fake reality. They are just, they are. Ship went from A to B. That is what happened. And for some reason, after that happened, uh, we get a possessed arm, but there's no ghosts. Ghosts aren't a thing. We get the man who somehow ingested every single worm on the station and explodes out. And the gyroscope. And the gyroscope, which is actually more confusing (laughs) because he felt a bit funny with the worms, but you know what? He didn't feel like he had a huge metal cube in his stomach. Yeah, and it wasn't like sticking out or anything. It was just... uh... You know, all cool things in a haunting, all very cool. But when they're not in a haunting and there's no actual explanation, like even in universe, they just went from world A to world B. Unless world B is famous for its phantoms, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, 100%. And like unless there was some sort of consciousness guiding the decision to put it in that person yep. because he was the violent person overall. So whether it was like some consciousness, like even fighting back or picking a side or something that just randomly happens doesn't make for an interesting movie because you don't you're not anti- you can't anticipate so you can't build suspense. It's yeah, it's absolutely random. But I'll say though, the effects though, the worms exploding out of the guy, the autopsy scene, the arm being cut off and all that stuff. Very well done. Oh, the budget was yeah. there. It's just no, he was well executed. Yeah, just no drive behind the actions. Like later on, after an incident occurs and the ship is breaking into two, they need to send some people to another half of the ship to disengage half the ship from itself so it doesn't, it doesn't blow up. And the captain's like, I need you two people to come with me. So he takes these two people with him. He gets them across this little valley area. And then what happens? He locks himself in the room, jettisons the half of the ship that he's on killing himself and the other two just walk back. They weren't there to help him. They barely argued with him saying that he shouldn't do this. One of them actually literally said nothing in in that scene. Like he's like, hey, come with me, other people from the script. Not even to like, you know how sometimes you get characters out of the room so other characters can do sneaky things? That didn't even happen. The characters that were left did nothing. Yeah. The characters that came with them did nothing. It was just, why? I mean, it, this is a perfect, like it, I'm re- referring back to uh, probably equally frustrating movie, The Core, where it, it, it came down to like, yes, someone has to sacrifice themselves 
to save the ship and to save everyone else. Let's have that discussion and that awkward discussion about I want to do this for these reasons or I don't want to do this for these reasons. You shouldn't do this for these reasons. It should be you or it should be me. Like let's have that interesting character discussion, a little little, little, little development of the characters that we're dealing with. It reminds me of Prometheus. The the gaps in logic that the characters yeah, yeah have, yeah. like there's no reason for this to happen except for the script wants me to do it. Yeah, yeah, and it's disappointing. To be fair, unlike Prometheus, some of the scientists here actually act like scientists, so it does have that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas Prometheus, the scientists were acting like idiots. college teens. Yep. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm on a planet. I guess I technically can breathe the air. I guess I'll take my helmet off. Pathogens. Yep. Oh, Oh, gee, I wonder who could have seen that. Every scientist ever since 1860. Literally a med student on his first day of med school would be like, oh, I wouldn't breathe the strange air. That's probably how you get sick. Um, What else did this movie do? Like, Okay, my problem is this movie wasn't bad. I've said this a lot over the last couple of weeks. Not a bad movie, just shockingly mediocre but very cool concepts just no reason behind them the cloverfield twist was bad in this one at the very end at the very end i liked yeah. the midway one where the where, where um the husband goes in to save the little girl and you see like the moving shadow and stuff yeah that was cool i guess well, actually, I think this movie could have used as two movies and I don't want more of it. But honestly, if i had the full spaceship movie and then they what happened to the earth after it got taken away but I'm so confused. Did they transport to a different a parallel world and fuck up their own world? Were they, are we to believe there were no, reasons so for the, the I monster? I believe the, the gist of the story is that the world was watching this experiment because technically it's free energy, so it would solve the energy crisis and therefore solve the conflicts on Earth. So when it disappeared or something went wrong and they couldn't talk to it anymore. There was already war on Earth, but it just escalated. Where did the monsters come from? Well, again, explosions wake them up. Like, mm. that's in the first one that the offshore explosion is what was rumoured to have woken up the, the baby one that attacked yeah. in Cloverfield. So I assume war or under-ocean uh, torpedoing or whatever is what woke up. Not saying you're wrong, that that could genuinely be it. And maybe That's just what I see. Yeah. I don't. I'm just, I'm making that up. Like I in my own head. A, wa- a way to put that in would be maybe in their World War Two movie, the yeah. actions of World War Two would awaken these creatures as well. Just set the precedent that these kinds of things do it. I suppose you could tie it in that but way. What I'm saying is there are a lot of unanswered questions in this movie yeah. that seem to have nothing to do with giant monsters from the sea that now also have to be answered to satisfy me. Also, the aliens from Cloverfield Lane. Like those were literally, they had spaceships. Yeah. Well, those are a completely different thing. And this is the space movie and nothing. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like we're getting more and more questions and just teases of an entirely unrelated story that we're not seeing. I would have loved a miniseries. Like, like we discussed this the last time, like Twilight Zone style, just to tie them together. It's a miniseries. But you can you can tell pieces of a story yeah. episode by episode and have it go somewhere. I, I, I think just, I just don't know why they picked this. I think this what script. the original Cloverfield movie and the sequel did really well was a contained story about a group of interesting characters dealing with this crazy apocalypse situation mm. and what that actually means to people and then because you don't need to explain everything else that's going on. It's just kind of like they're privy to something. You know as much as the characters and they don't know anything. So anything could be happening. Let's cut this story off from one and two then. Standalone story. Does it still function though? Like there's monsters on Earth. Yeah, it's a lot more boring. Yeah. There's monsters on Earth, which is still very ill-explained. I still think we're lacking the drama on the actual space station. Yes. Like, don't worry, I don't. I do not want a xenomorph running around killing them all off one by one. I don't need that drama. That's not good for me. But no, it should be. It should be similar to what 
happens in every zombie movie and and every contained story is like power dynamics and rather than resting on CGI stakes like oh we have to travel to the other end of the ship to decouple it and and get it away before something terrible happens mm. so a big laser beam can fire rather than resting on that drama make the russian be doing something make this new person from this reality actually have information to tell you that you need but you can't trust her like there's a whole bunch of interpersonal stuff that is just not addressed until people are shooting at each other okay i have an idea and this might be stepping a little bit too into the pitch part of the show but hear me out so the ship is transported from reality a to reality b and they pick up one of the engineers from reality b somewhere in their ship so like there's been a crossover yeah yes how about the idea that these two ships have crossed over so their ship and ship a and ship b are now physically one ship with two different crews working on it but part of each different reality so they're not physically crossing over with each other they don't see each other but actions that one ship does affects the people on ship a and much more interesting that way they can play it off like it's a ghost story like chairs are moving and stuff people are noticing things aren't where they left them yep but in the reality, it's just them getting the results from ship B's happenings. Nothing's crazy going on. It's crazy going on for them, except maybe some stuff opposites. Like when they move their chair back, for example, maybe they get yeah, their chair moves. Whatever, I don't care. But yeah, just I fucking think, I think that, that, way. that that is a much more interesting way to approach it because that's a scientific take on the ghost story, yeah. and that way you or you still can fuck with your reality bending stuff. I don't know. It just. There's such a lack of motivation for shit on the ship. Like, I, okay, Chris O'Dowd's arm comes off. Awesome. I love it. It was really interesting when they're playing and how it's being cut off and it's not bleeding or anything. Like, it's the doctor's like, I just don't know what's happening. I love that kind of stuff. Like, a good old mystery. The problem is it was just a mystery. There was no answer. How did it write the note? Why did it write the note? Was it attached? How did it know? Yeah. <laughs> like, if the idea that it was attached to... Ship B, Chris O'Dowd? Interesting. Maybe it's taking cues from its other master, you know, quote. Yeah. Like there's elements to play with here. They just do nothing with them. And that's, it was almost a smart script. And if it had just been a mediocre script, it would have been great. But the fact that it was almost clever and then fell short feels like because your brain hypes itself up like, like awesome what's the mystery i mean this it's is kind of it, it does remind me a lot of another in space space station thriller that was released last year called life it was just kind of mm. like it was just kind of okay we've seen this movie it's a containment breach it's just alien yep. again it, with lower stakes and less charismatic action scenes so i mean what what's good in this movie the cast is actually, I really enjoyed the cast. Yeah, the car, all the performances are spot on. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this is not, a, this, this is by no part their fault, any of our complaints. This is 100% a writing issue, possibly a direction issue. No, not even direction. No. Everything they, they're doing yeah. is on point and great. There's just no script backing them up. But um, I love Chris O'Dowell, but I'm going to say he's probably like my least favorite in this because everyone he else. He was out of place. Yes. He either needed someone to play off of similar to the two scientists in... Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. Yep. Or he needed to be in a different movie. Yeah. Uh, but I really loved Gugu Mbatha-Raw. She was the lead. She was Hamilton. Yep. She was great. I really liked her performance. But also... I like uh, the German. I feel, I feel his last name. He had him in Civil War. Daniel Brühl? Brühl? Is it Daniel? Uh, Daniel? Yeah, Daniel Brühl. Yeah. yeah he was Schmidt. great. Yep, and also I wanted to point out uh, Elizabeth Debicki. I think she was great. Which one was she, sorry? She was the the blonde. Oh, the crazy one. Yes. Okay, I know we're trying to talk about good things. So this film has no antagonist until Correct. 10 minutes to the ending. Yes. Which also pissed me off. Well, I think it, at the beginning you, it did have an antagonist in the Russian. But, then but he, he wasn't though. He was, yeah. yeah, he yeah. was a red herring. Yes, yeah. But that's fine. But the fact that there is actually no negative driving force in this film, except for happenstance, 
that's what hurts me. Like I said, I don't want it to be a ghost, but at least if it was a ghost, I could be like, that's the villain of the movie. The villain of the movie is horrible coincidence up until it's her. And at the end, I, when I, one of the things I called is, well, I guess the blonde girl's going to go crazy now or something because like, you know, when you get to the movie, like it's a who's done it, but you've got three characters left and you yeah. know it wasn't the little boy and it wasn't the main character. You're like, well, it is the guy with the mustache and the top hat because it's no one else. <laughs> and it was like that, like, if it had ended up being the German guy in the end was the bad German guy, for example, like he was there to sabotage it. I mean, I guess for me that would have been a more interesting twist because they work so hard to be like, he is bad. No, 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 no. He's actually really good. Like here's what happened. Fullness understanding. Ships have merged information. Like it is not him. Then if it was him, at least I could be like, oh, they swerved us. But if like, oh, okay, it's, like I've seen Get Out. Of course, it's the white chick. Like it's. Like, <laughs> I don't think it was anything to do with race in this one. No, but I mean, like I'm, yeah. I'm saying, like, of course it was her because who looks? No, she was the outsider. Yeah, yeah. And so. also, she looked the most evil out of everyone. She had a very like robotic look to way See, she acted. I up until then, like again, yes, it was very predictable that she was going to turn. But up until then, she was. I felt like she was playing that as, okay, I'm outnumbered. I'm surrounded. These people could kill me at any moment. I'm just not going to move at all and be very reasonable and just talk like this. Yeah. So that I don't trigger any violence. <laughs> and so I, I think she played it off really well. And I think, the, again, the writing is the issue, not the performances. Yeah. I think the performances were pitch perfect and given a better script, it would have been a great movie. Yeah, which is... Funny thing, like coming out on Netflix, like this is one of the better acted things that they've done. Well, I mean, they didn't do it to be fair. They just, yes. they just hosted it. It's just oh, like I'm assuming that this came out on Netflix just because they, it, was a tr- it was troubled in some way. Like they realised that, oh, this isn't that solid. Because um, I, I, would, I would actually think, I actually think that they had always intended to do that sort of like, boom, we're out. And they couldn't do that in cinemas. They couldn't say at Super Bowl halftime, boom, we're in cinemas now. It's yeah. like because that's that's not how cinema distribution works. Yeah. Whereas on streaming, like they really managed to do something that no one's ever done before and just kind of gone, you know, this movie that was coming out in cinemas, you can watch it right now. Yeah. I just for me, I thought it was more like if I had paid for this movie directly. Not a bad film. I want to stress that. <laughs> but if I had paid for this, I would be being so much more of a cunt right now to this movie. I'm t- I'm currently talking about it, knowing that it was free for me. I don't. Th- I don't think that this is any worse than life. And I think if we had seen it in the cinemas, it does frame a movie differently. So you like. I, it could be kind of more of like, like, oh, I've paid money for this. I'd better like it. And so you kind of find a reason to like it. But I think a lot of the effects and a lot of the, a lot of the, the, uh, the scenes are built around big screen. Mm. And I'm, I don't, it's been received pretty poorly, so I don't know whether it will get a big screen release because I get, I think that they would have had that lined up. Like, okay, we're on Netflix, and then in two weeks we'll be releasing in cinemas, and we're off Netflix. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I don't know. Shall we go into verdicts? I think so, Alex. All right. So, um, I think I'm going to not recommend this. Um, <gasps> Shock, I know. Um, it at no stage did I was I sitting there and I was like, mm, you know what? I'd like to see more of this. Um, and I was really offended the other day when you Seb had already watched this and he was like, I didn't really like it. It wasn't a great <laughs> movie, but it also wasn't a terrible movie. But I think you'll like it. All I could think throughout right. watching Seb this a movie was "fuck you, Seb." <laughs> <laughs> I did not like well, it. That's good. I'm happy. It was. It just felt so cheap. You know. I like, just. You know what? I feel like I'm nitpicking movies, and you're just like, mm. I just want to enjoy the movie for what it is. Yeah. That's why I thought you might like it because I thought if you, if like, I was me nitpicking it. I 
I really tried to enjoy it for what it was. The only redeeming quality was Chris O'Dowd. Yep. But then you don't get enough of him, I felt. You know, like he was pretty handy at the beginning and then mm. <clears throat> I've got to hand it to him. Yep. You sure uh, do. You just had all these saved yeah. up, didn't you? And then he lost the arms race. <laughs> so yeah. that is a negative from me. Um, I'm really sorry, but uh, something's come up and I've, I've got to leave so I can't do my uh, remake later on. So uh, I'm going to pass this one over to Sebastian. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> yep. Great. Uh, all fair thoughts, you jerk. Just kidding. You know I love you. Anyway, Zane, what do you think? Um, it's a really lukewarm no. It's really, I don't feel strongly about it. And I just don't know how they were going, they're going to be able to justify this movie in the next one. Um, after 10 Cloverfield Lane, I was really, I, I liked the original Cloverfield. Uh, I'm not not uh, one of the people that discourages found footage films. I think that they're a very legitimate uh, f- form of filmmaking. And I really liked 10 Cloverfield Lane. I really feel let down by this one because I felt that in the previous two they'd put a lot of thought into the world that surrounded these little stories that were happening within it. And I just think that it was a misstep to avoid that same kind of storytelling with both personal stakes and global stakes. So it's just, yeah, it's just like a slight disappointment. So I I wasn't greatly anticipating this movie, but it's managed to just kind of like, eh, you don't need to see it. It doesn't add anything to the universe. It doesn't handle the twists well. Uh, none of the... Yeah, none of it's really like you have to see this movie because of blank. Like even Chris O'Dowd is just Chris O'Dowd. Like he's Chris O'Dowd in every movie. So, yep, that's it. That's Be- what I have to say. Yeah, Because the trailer came out like hours before this film released... I didn't watch it. Well, there you go. It's easy to say I went in with very minimal expectations. Like I didn't have enough time to get hyped. Like I said that, you know, we were waiting to review this film for the longest time as for the podcast, but that doesn't mean I was excited. That just means it's on my schedule. It keeps moving. This is pissing me off. But it's incredible that I can come in with almost no expectations and still leave being like, oh, um, I guess that was technically a movie. Like it's just... Oh, it's. I don't want to harp on, but it's just such a down the middle nothing burger. Like there's just nothing that it doesn't explain anything. But the problem is, they pitched it as a film that was going to tie in and explain things. If they had done this story, like I said, cut Earth, keep it separate, and its own little story. At least it could be like, I didn't care for it, but at least it doesn't fuck up the other two movies. But this yeah. attempting to step into those movies. It really, it feels like the youngest sibling trying to play football with its older brothers. Like, it's just, you're too small, you're fucking it up, you're not ready. And this film was not ready to play with 10 Cloverfield Lane and Cloverfield. Mm. So, but, I mean, acting was really good. So, performance-wise, I've got no complaints at all. Screw you, R-N-Z-U-Z-E-L. I don't even want to say it's your fault because I I reckon your movie probably was fine without the tie-ins. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Story and Screenplay by R.N. Uziel. Story by Doug Young and R.N. Uziel. Okay, well, whoever added the Cloverfield stuff, stop it. It'll be R.N. Uziel who's done yeah. that. Yeah. But the other stuff, I mean, I quite enjoyed. Like, I'm happy for a good old space romp. This just wasn't rompy enough, I guess. <laughs> More the, romp, please, yeah. says Sebastian. Yep. So um, it's a minor not recommend. I'm not going to say I will never see this movie again. My my lady friend has yet to see it. So. Your lady wife. No, oh, I'm sorry, my lady wife. Ugh, get yep. your references right. Terrible. My lady wife has yet to see it. Um, so I may have to watch, watch it with her. Maybe I'll enjoy it more the second time around after expectations have been reset. I watched it twice. No? Doesn't no. It? Okay. <laughs> well, that was my one beacon of hope, but 
Um, I'd say give it a miss. Even if you're like you're a completionist and you want the all the Cloverfield experience, Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's a really solid movie. So yeah, sure is. All right, so I'm pitching a. Oh, sorry, Alex has had to run off, so he would be pitching a remake. remake. He's not here, so I guess I'll do it. Um, what am I adding to it? And don't say consistent plot. If they didn't do it, I'm not doing it either. Literal ghosts. Done. That would actually fix this movie. I know. It's almost like I'm giving you a softball. This is nice. Unlike what you do to me all the time. I'm, I'm a Darwinist. What can I say? I just like going to Darwin. I hear it's a lovely town. Some town, city? Definitely Village. city. Village. Villa. Now it's a single. We've just lost all our Darwin listeners because you're a terrible person. Okay. Um. Okay. So, in space. Okay. Firstly, I'm cutting the cut back to Earth nonsense. Uh, it wasn't bad what they did, but I think it undermined the the plight of the astronauts. The super collider goes off. They don't know where they are anymore. They has this, has the planet moved? Have they have they moved? Is it gone? They have no idea. The Earth is missing. So I want to show you the stress of these scientists when they realize they are fully cut off. Like we had 10 Cloverfield Lane where Mary Elizabeth Weinstein's character was cut off and that worked really well. But she still had that, that guy there that was kind of her link to the outside, like she could talk to a regular human being. The idea that all these scientists are fully cut off from the planet really takes that and just, you know, bats for a thousand with it for me. So I want them to try and work things out that way. But then, you know, ghost shenanigans starts happening. They don't know what. Wait, so you want literal ghosts? Literal okay. ghosts. It's, now it's too much ghosts. Oh, no. Hui, hui, hui. Okay. So um, turns out the ship is now haunted by the same crew that is currently inside it. You see... In reality, B, the ship did as it did. It it, just, it exploded, everyone was killed. So now that the ship is back there through some techno mumbo jumbo, their souls are now on the ship and like maybe sixth sensile, they don't realise they're dead. They don't get it. They don't understand. So I'm going to play on the dynamic that there's two crews on the one ship that don't know the existence of each other and they both are reacting to not knowing the fact that people are altering what they're doing. So maybe we you know, have different scenes where you cut between the ghosts and the people, but we as an audience aren't privy to know that these cuts are happening. So we're seeing what feels like almost inconsistently written characters, but it's just these two different crews that we're having to watch. We can't see the difference. And maybe I would do subtle things like maybe I'd flip the orientation within the ship or something. So you can, you know, the eagle-eyed viewers can watch and be like, no, that panel was on the left-hand side of the screen before. We're looking at it from the same spot right now. Why is on the right side? Like you got like a mirror-verse sort of thing going on with the ghosts. You know, just a couple of things for like the, you know, the movie nerds. They like to, Ugh, like me. Movie nerds are the worst. Yeah. The ones that are like, hey, they said Wakanda in Age of Ultron. That's where Black Panther's from. Like those nerds um, can be like, no, nah, the ship's flipped. It's different. Like the course is different. Like why is a hair in a... Um, actually, the ship's different. So if you didn't see that, you're a retard. And like her bedroom has a blue wall, but I swear it had a red wall that other scene. Like, is the wall changing? It's a spaceship. Who knows? Nope. Different ship. Woo. And yeah, I would do that. I would cut the monster nonsense. I like the idea of it just being a world where the perils of technology can be the meaning. Like aliens came in 10 Cloverfield Lane to take on humanity. Possible, like maybe we'll find out later to do with our resources or something. Who fucking knows? Who cares? Different movie. Clover, Cloverfield One was awoken due to drilling. And this is another film like What Happens in Science pushes it too far yet again. Actually, the second one would be science reaching out to the stars. And that's the answer they got back was the invasion. So, you know. Invasion. They're all black mirror parables for stop using technology wrong. Dickhead. The movie. So it's just black mirror. It's just black mirror in space. Which, it means kind of like black mirror. <laughs> If you get rid of Cloverfield, the first one, 10 Cloverfield Lane is a Black Mirror story. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And this film easily could have been. It just, it's not as well written as Black Mirror. That's its problem. Yep. I, I think it's not well written. I think it's not as focused as a Black Mirror is. 
So, yep. you know, what are you going to do? That's Cloverfield Paradox. That's yep. We watched it more than once, some of us. Yep. Just so that you don't have to. I watched it like 10 minutes after it was released. I was pretty happy with that. I watched it the minute it was released, Sebastian. That's a lie. I watched it before you did. No. So I was finished by the time you were starting it. No. Uh, good. So we will continue this discussion off air. <laughs> Uh, bye guys okay thank you for listening everyone so if you want to get in contact with us there are a number of ways to do it you can go to our website which is secondtakepodcast.com or you can email us because we have one of those things we are secondtakepodcast at gmail.com and always we've got Facebook you know Facebook slash secondtake is that right sure yeah Yeah, sure that one or secondtakepodcast you you find it yeah and Twitter at Second take TNC. Or we we have an Instagram, funnily enough. Sometimes we post video. No, well, actually, we have no videos. No videos of some pictures, yet. though, that are funny. There, there was a quite a smart tweed jacket on there the other day. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, I got bored. Um, <laughs> really? Also, um, if you guys want to support the show, we also have a link to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash second take. Um, this is a, a, a big variety of ways that you guys can give to us. It starts as little as $1 per month, which is 12 bucks a year. And it's it's pretty, pretty low and pretty simple. But we've also got sort of a group goal going at the moment there. So once we hit our first target, which is collectively uh, $50 a month, we're going to release uh, all of our reviews of the Monty Python film series. Ah, and then yes. the idea is ongoing from there for every little milestone we hit, we're going to do extra series for everyone. So sort of a... So please go on and sponsor us so that we can review the Monty Pythons because I can't watch them until then. It's true. We're not it's, allowed to watch any yeah. movies unless we're reviewing them. <laughs> and the yeah, if you want to have a listen to any of the other podcasts that any of us are on, um, go to that's not kind of productions.com, which is the mothership for all of the other po- all of our other podcasts. Yeah. yeah. In one of them, I'm a wizard. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I get to torture that wizard. It's even better. <sighs> and maybe just one day... There'll be solo podcasts that we do. That solo you can find podcasts, there. yeah, where we just talk at ourselves. Yeah. Yep. The Good. best kind of Fun. podcast, no interruptions. Right? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> none of, none of this over talking of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to think fans will literally pause just to be like, that's that's not true. <laughs> that's not how that works. Just because it's you in the room by yourself, Sam, doesn't mean you're incorrect. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for listening. And go do all the things on social media. Hooray. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.